It's Change the Station, episode one. Today we talk about vinyl. My name is Sam McKinney, and I'm drinking an IPA by Odin. My name is Clifford, and I'm drinking Ole. My name is Patrick, and I'm drinking a glass of water. My name is Aaron, I'm drinking a delicious smoothie. up news i was wondering if anyone had any uh topics they'd like to share any music related things that happened lately um pat uh why don't you go first i did actually end up buying the uh american analog set no by hard vinyl american analog set yeah nice uh how is it I mean, it's all right. It's pretty good. It's on vinyl, so... I'm glad to know about it now. <laughs> and I still recommend it, so... It's pretty good. Yeah. So how about you, Sam? Anything interesting happening in music? Um, no. It all seems to be maintaining pretty well. Going about its business. I saw that uh, Interpol was going on tour, and I didn't even click the link. <laughs> does anyone does anyone care anymore that Interpol's going on tour? <laughs> I did actually listen to their song the other day, and I had the exact same reaction that Pat had to the American Analog set. I felt a lack of disappointment, but it wasn't enjoyment. Okay. Pat and I heard Interpol when we went to the hologram show at Chop Suey, and that was probably the best part was them playing Turn On the Bright Lights in between sets. When was this? Was this recently? Uh, I don't know, Pat. This was like back in January. Um, And I think only like 30 people stayed for holograms. Sounds like a show at Shop Suey. Who played yeah. before them? It was okay. Well, anyway, Aaron, <laughs> how about you? Do you have any news? I need no. I, I have no news. There's <laughs> news or releases? Anything that came out oh, lately that you've been listening to? I mean, there, there there's a ton of shit that came out lately. Um, just can't remember I know what happened. Or actually, it's a news story about what did what happened happen is Connor Oberst is officially not a rapist now. Not a not, not oh. a micro penis rapist. <laughs> that, <laughs> that claim wasn't debunked. How, how did he disprove those allegations? The allegation was uh, <laughs> retracted 
I guess. So after like six months of his lawyers not being able to get into contact with her, she sort of just all of a sudden released a letter. It was like, yeah, I lied. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> anyway, so all's well that ends well, I guess. Well, yeah. Okay, so so far news over the past couple of weeks. Connor Oberst is not a rapist. <laughs> and Interpol's coming out with a new album and Pat bought some vinyl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Something man, I saw. No, a slow, di- slow Dive's going on tour. They're, hey, that's they're what coming I was going Yeah, because Slow Dive's the fucking shit. So I thought Been, I was the only one who cared, though. But no, I, Slow Dive's amazing. Yeah, I don't care. I don't uh, know. Like you wouldn't care. Uh, I only give a shit about the... That one album, not Pygmalion, the other one. Uh, yeah, Suvlaki. Would be Suvlaki. Yeah, yeah, that's the only album. Well, there's only three of them. Well, they yeah. only have the two, right? Or uh, three, yeah. Three. I mean, yeah. By now, they're probably like 50 years old and just like ran out of money. No, they're only no in their late 40s. <laughs> Are they? Do they play all the same the old songs? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, they're still like playing a. I saw like a video of him doing Machine Gun, so that's like right of off course. of Slip Locky. Yeah. Well, that's I good. guess that describes their career right Just there. like them. <laughs> <laughs> they got all the old <laughs> pedals back together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had their studio tech figured okay. out. Uh, so let's see. Is there anything else anyone has? I don't know. Hey, we should we should talk about how, how shitty the new Grimes song is. <laughs> no, it's is not it shitty? that shitty. It's really shitty. It's pretty good. I've it's listened to shitty. it like a hundred times and it's in bad every time. It's like, it's like a really good Rihanna song and kind of just a weird Grimes song after Visions. It's... It's like she heard. It's a weird. It's, it's a weird it's like she, song because yeah. it's formulaic. Well, like yeah, it's like she heard. Uh, she heard the Spring Breakers soundtrack and then just like painted by numbers. <laughs> Maybe it's like it's it's a little bit better than like the average tracks on any Rihanna album or most like pop albums in general that are marketed at that level. But it's just not that. It's not that satisfying for my Grimes fix. I'll still listen to it a few more times, but I'm still holding out for a sequel to Visions, I guess. I just like that it's that they're pushing it as like a summer jam, like pretty explicitly. And uh, I don't know, it's pretty joyless to me. Like, especially when you compare it to her other song with Blood Diamonds. Telephone Sex? That <laughs> Blood Diamond song? Yeah. 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 Good... Just like television on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Sex on the telephone. <laughs> Pat and I saw uh, Ben Gibbard at, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. what was it, Slide this 95? This is our Celebrity Sightings feature. Uh, 95 Slide, right? This is the what? Celebrity <laughs> Sightings feature. <laughs> That we're doing. <laughs> oh, we saw no. not only Ben Gibber, but we also saw um, Sarah Cahoon. Yeah, they were together? watching soccer. Nice. I was very surprised. No, I don't but think they were, they were both together. The 95, I don't know. Was he drinking? 
Was Ben Gibber drinking? Uh, I didn't see him drinking. I was kind of surprised to see him in a bar. He probably thought yeah. we were all pathetic and disgusting. I felt I felt very disappointed that he was in in a bar. How, how much how much pizza did he look like he had eaten? Very little. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, unless anyone wants to stick on this, we can yeah, move on it. to the main topic. Let's do it. Okay. So, our main topic is vinyl culture. Uh, so first I wanted to kind of go around and just ask each of us, like, why do we or don't we buy vinyl? Uh, Sam, why don't you start? Well, I do buy vinyl. And I, and I mean, it's... Uh, it's prettier to look at. I think there's a lot more attentiveness and deliberateness that goes into my listening, especially with the things that I do decide to purchase on vinyl when I go through the process of actually putting it on the player, setting the needle and turning it on and then flipping it over. Um, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a, sometimes it's like this balance of like the fetish aspect of it, of just having a romantic view of having like a vinyl player. But I mean, as art objects, I like them a lot more than buying a CD and it gives you a lot more opportunities to do creative stuff with media, I guess. So as art, do you like display it or are you just like looking at them while you're listening to the music? <laughs> I do. I put them <laughs> on like, a, I put them on a little stand so I can see the, the art while I'm looking at it. Okay. So it serves a dual purpose beyond the music, right? Yeah, I think so. I think definitely it's it's an object that people form a stronger emotional attachment to than something that's more um, inaccessibly technological, like a CD or an MP3 file. I mean, it's hard to love. I mean, you're never going to love an MP3 file. Like, <laughs> you know, you're never going to miss that really awesome flack rip that you had of Kind of Blue or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's kind of an externalization of, like, that taste. It's, it's There's definitely a display aspect of it. Like, you're showing it to other people. And uh, there's definitely more of a tactile enjoyment with the media as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Pat, do you have anything else to add as a fellow vinyl purchaser? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I do like the art aspect of, uh, you know, the big gatefold that comes with the um, album. But for me, the bigger reason why I buy vinyl, it's, uh, it's more about that, um, that deliberate action of putting the vinyl on the turntable. Um, Mainly because it <coughs> it feels it just feels better, you know. I, I think because of um, the fragile material vinyl, whereas compared to a CD, I, I remember just throwing it into the player and pressing play on a you know on a small alarm clock player. And, you know, I never really paid as much attention to that album uh, compared to. You know, it's a uh, vinyl copy, I guess. Yeah. And there's not, a, when you're owning vinyl, there's not, like, the equivalent of, like, your alarm clock stereo 
that's going to have one shitty tiny speaker in it that you're mm-hmm. going to jam your LP into. Yeah. Well, there is. They have those like uh, those Crosley portable ones that you can buy for a hundred bucks that I got Kiyomi. Oh yeah, I've got I've got oh, one of those. Yeah, and they a come with, like, the plastic needles. Yeah. The uh, ex- except I think I think those are meant more for um, going to shops and testing out vinyl. Oh, well, the, the one I got is in, is in like, a, it's not really, you wouldn't like take it with you, but. Okay. What kind of store doesn't yeah, have a record player where you can try out your vinyl? <laughs> well, I don't know. One one with crappy vinyl that probably wants you to take it home. With Hot Topic. Condition. The listening uh, station at Hot Topic does not <laughs> exist. Yeah, about the listening station at Hot Topic. Wait, there is such a thing? Like, is it just CDs or can you like actually take um, out a My Chemical Romance LP and listen to it? Um, I'm not sure actually if they have listening stations. I know they've just pretty much like purged uh, like all the CDs out of the store, so that would mean that there are no like listening kiosks. But they're they're starting to stock it up with vinyl, so I'm sure they'll have to try to figure out like some sort of like um, you know vinyl listening station. Mm-hmm. That's probably gonna be like uh, you know just like I mean, it's not it's not like totally bad too. It's it would be like you know like stuff you remember from like seventh grade like it'd be a whole bunch of like sublime reissues and oh. stuff <laughs> like that it's like totally crazy well that, that's where i bought um radiohead in rainbows at hot <laughs> yeah wow uh. i like how you were at hot topic when that album came out well <laughs> there was yeah it wasn't by my choice okay in no, you accidentally went in and accidentally bought a record there. Yeah. So, well, more like I was trying to figure out something to do while I was being forced to go there. But anyway, so Cliff, how about you? Anything to add that Patrick or Sam haven't mentioned? Uh, well, Sam and I think Patrick both kind of hit on my main two points. Uh, one, the tactile experience, and two, sort of just it being a deliberate experience. Uh, I guess I'll start with the, the deliberate experience is, is really that when you put on a record, you're forced to stay engaged. You can only, you know, because in 20 minutes you have to flip the record. You know, when I, when I put on iTunes and I play, say, the beginning of the Smashing Pumpkins, uh, it could be four hours later before I realized that I was listening to the Smashing Pumpkins. You know, you just, uh, it's very easy to tune it out and kind of not even realize that you're listening to music. So kind of the act of putting on a record and having to flip it and then pick out another one, it it definitely keeps you a much more engaged listener. Uh, And then the other point is sort of the tactile experience of, having that uh, physical product to hold. You know, you have the, the big package, big cover art inserts that have lyrics and uh, all sorts of other little goodies inside. Uh, it's, it's something that's fun to look at. Sometimes there's interesting information so you can find out, say, which Beach Boy is singing the lead and, uh, you know, how none of the Beach Boys are playing in any instruments or something like that where, uh, you know, 
if you were listening to an MP3, you wouldn't really kind of have something forcing you to think about that. Uh-huh. Do you think the same sort of thing translates to... I mean, what's the difference then, uh, I guess, with those two experiences of, like, cassettes or eight tracks? Because I feel like they offer... I mean, they operate in a similar object, you know, music as an object sort of realm, cassettes do. But I feel like even amongst people that buy a lot of vinyl, there's, like almost a derisive attitude towards it. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> what is it that the difference between the two, I guess? Right. Well, I think, like, with cassettes, it's it's very niche, right? And um, I think a lot of vinyl peers look at cassettes as being very impractical. Um, you know, it's, it's actually quite durable with the hard plastic cover, covering the analog tape, but... I mean, there are not too many high fidelity, you know, systems out there um, that can play your cassette. And two, it, you know, it is a analog tape, right? So anyway, that's why. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just say that the obviously the package of a cassette and a CD is just so much smaller. Uh, so it's it's really not quite as satisfying to just kind of engage with physically. I guess that's there's. Almost like with with vinyl, there's because of its size and the requirements of equipment you have to have, like set up and listen to it. There's almost like that it, the inaccessibility of it or the lack of ease for it is kind of it makes it m- makes it more enjoyable a lot of right. times. Well, it's yeah, vinyl is very deliberate. I think that's it's unique to the vinyl medium is the deliberation of everything. That you've invested your uh, your money and your time setting up these speakers, your receiver, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like you, you need to do some research, you know, before you can even start listening to vinyl. Uh, you know, you have to, there's no easy way to start playing a vinyl. It takes, you know, 30 seconds to put any vinyl on there. You have to like carefully place it on, take it out. You can't just like toss them around in a big bucket full of, you know, tapes or whatever. Um, so I think the impracticality is the advantage of vinyl in that case. The, um, but in any case, yeah, I was going to add also a reason that I buy vinyl. Uh, definitely is all the reasons that you guys mentioned. But it's also kind of a... I guess this kind of plays into the um, being art or whatever that you want to show off, but it's kind of w- a way of showing your... Uh, interest in music you know because it takes up a significant portion of like your room or your house or whatever um, they're awful it's not something move. you can really hide away right like if you have a couple hundred of them they're as hard to move as like a piece of furniture and so it's kind of like assigning a p- portion of your room to music you know uh so anyway, but why don't we, Aaron, do you have an op- opinions as the sole person out of us who doesn't buy vinyl? Yeah, well, what's your deal? I don't deal? buy vinyl. Yeah, I, I know. I just, uh, I'm not made of money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but really I have, um, I, I, it looks like I have like 20 LPs and probably the same number of, um, you know, 45s. 
Uh, I don't think I've really bought more than three or four of either. Um, I have most of them. Most of them have been like promos or I've gotten them from friends or any number of other things. Um, but like it's just never been something that I've wanted to seek out. I think um, I've, I've never really like had interest in having something that I can buy. Like, you know, like everybody's been talking about like the tactile experience. But it's like not something that's really been important to me. Like, well, what's important to me is actually listening to the music and you know, like the the packaging and artwork and like the medium doesn't really make a difference to me. What what actually makes a difference is the music and knowing that I can just have so much more available to me digitally. Um, it it's just really nice to have everything kind of in one place and easily accessible and I I like honestly not going through and spending my time um, figuring out how I'm gonna spend my money um, it's it's just all right there and I, I you know similar to what people would experience in a record store going and thumbing through albums to buy like I can get like the same experience on a blog or you know on on any sort of like internet magazine or anything where I'm I'm thumbing through singles, or if I'm going through SoundCloud or Bandcamp and going through tags, I can get like the same sort of digging experience. Um, if, you know, just except I, to me, it just feels like it's a way wider experience, and so I, I just don't really see the necessity for vinyl. It's just, you know, it's clunky, and you kind of have to really be committed to to doing it. Having having a couple records, just you know, I. There's not really any point. Like it, you, you should either go for it or not go for it. Mm-hmm. I I love uh, digital music for the same reasons, but I also like being able to, I guess, separate, you know, the best of the best of my all-time favorite records by actually going out and buying them. Yeah. Versus, um, you know, just putting them into a playlist. Uh, for yeah. some reason, I just, Vinyl, I just love that. Vinyl's yeah. not really a media you use to, as an avenue to discover new music anymore. Right, yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't buy any vinyl of a band I didn't know about, unless I was going through a $1 pile of, like, 1960s, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, almost as a joke, you know, like... With right, or you're doing, like, uh, like you were talking about, Aaron, like, doing the the crate diving you know, you spend your time at flea markets with your Crosby, Crosley portable. Um, but I think that's I think that's a big difference in the um, in this resurgence of in this the resurgence of vinyl. Uh, the reasons why people buy them. I mean, it was it sort it dropped off because it just became inconvenient. Like you were saying, Aaron, like it's burdensome for your listening habits, and that's. I mean, functionally, obvious. Um, but then there's this switch to people buying things that they've already listened to digitally, they've already downloaded online, found on Spotify or whatever, and then this production of vinyl sort of switching to making pieces that people want, like doing limited editions, you know, a lot more test colors, you know, things like that bonus tracks, you know, yada, yada, yada. Or like uh, Jack White even releasing Lazaretto in that bizarre, like, 
what seems obnoxiously incompatible with my record player <laughs> version of his album that he put out and it sold it it broke the uh the vinyl record or whatever that has been standing for 20 years and it's like this really esoteric three separate speeds you know colors on it you know you play it outside like in inside out like whatever it's jesus yeah it's really it's really uh object oriented it's like uh I don't know. A display object. Conversation piece. That that to me though, like it, it just totally speaks to um, you know, just like a novelty. Like v- vinyl is just kind of a um, it's it's a novelty. It's meant to be, you know, like consumed and it's meant to be collected. It's it's meant for people who like physical things, but you know, I, I think it's like in a way I think that's a distraction. Like I have I have no time or really I you know, I just don't have any interest in in buying things like that, that assert some sort of status or you know whatever else and w- whatever noises those are by the way <laughs> I, well, just, I just don't know I, I can't even hof- focus hopefully by having different tracks I'll be able to you know cut stuff like that out yeah so look I live in the city what do you want <laughs> is that all you probably it's noisy <laughs> What the fuck am I supposed to do? Go into... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh... What were we saying, Aaron? Are we done? Are we still... Uh, yeah, I've done enough. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, I was going to move on to talking about vinyl versus other kind of mediums. Because um, some of them, you know, make sense. Like, so the first one, like, vinyl versus CD... Uh, you know, CDs kind of being eat at by both sides right now, by digital on one end and vinyl at the other. Um, you know, so so one of the first questions is is are CDs less relevant than vinyl at this point in time, or will they be less relevant soon? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they're they're totally less relevant now. Like no nobody wants CDs. Like CDs are already in the past, and like you're only buying them. You know, like when people would you know buy tapes exclusively a couple years ago just because that's all they had in their car like I feel like the only people who are buying CDs now are just like yeah. people who don't have other means of um, listening in any other way it's exactly. just, you know, I think everybody just kind of sees it as a pain in the ass I mean what do, you, what do you mean by less relevant right because obviously in terms of sales it's it's not even close CDs are still clobbering vinyl right well I, th- I think by less relevant, I mean, I maybe mean, so. So, so they, they they have more sales in vinyl because they have momentum, because CDs used to be the only thing you could buy for a long time, for decades, and so you know people like we have entire generations who know nothing except for CDs, and so they'll keep buying CDs just because that's how they listen to music in their, you know, your parents. They might not really want to. They not might not know what Spotify is and. They might never be convinced to download Spotify, but they'll keep buying CDs because that's what they've always done. But I kind of mean, you know, like in once those generations are gone or stop buying CDs, you know, let's say 50 years from now, is vinyl going to stick around? Digital is obviously going to stick around and our CD is going to stick around, you know, which which is going to die out first. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, 
I'm sure CDs will go through some sort of uh, bond resurgence at some point, but it just seems like that <coughs> that digital distribution is, I don't know, it seems so proximal to a CD already that I'm just, I would just be like, why not just listen to it online? I don't need a CD. Yeah, I think eventually we're just going to see the majority of sales coming from um, digital files or you know streaming services, and vinyl actually just remaining, um, you know, part of like this hobbyist culture that we're you know that I guess we're seeing today. I think it's slowly becoming more mainstream, but I think we're going to see like a um, a slight drop. I think just because for the same reason why we all like it because it's inconvenient, right? Um, right. I think uh, not too many people are buying into streaming services or MP3s because one, they're either unfamiliar with it, like you've mentioned with the older generations, or um, you know they think it's too expensive or they think the quality is still crappy. I think once those issues are resolved, um, it's going to be our main um, mode of music listening, I guess. Yeah, you, you know, I think I, that's... Oh. No, go ahead. No, I'm with you. I got nothing interesting to say. Uh, well, <laughs> I was just going to say that I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I almost bought a CD. Um, because How dare I, you, drunk? <laughs> I was borrowing someone's car, and they just have a CD player in there, and there's no like uh, auxiliary input. So I just wanted something to listen to. I was like, okay, let's see if I can find uh, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy for really cheap. And then, like, all I found were CDs for, like, 10 bucks. I was just like, man, you know, why would I spend 10 bucks on a CD? Um, but, yeah, it was weird because I hadn't even thought about buying a CD in probably six years or more. Um, and I don't know. Do you guys actually know anyone who buys CDs? I know my parents do not. They they buy things on iTunes now. Not as a way of like listening to music. I feel like anyone that's buying CDs now, it's it's just for your car. Yeah. Exactly. I, that I was going to mention. I know people who have bought CDs but only for their car. <laughs> yeah, it kind of exists in that nebulous region between being the dominant media of being automatically installed in everyone's cars essentially and then mm -hmm. people now transitioning and buying new vehicles that have auxiliary inputs in them and then in the meantime <laughs> you know you can still buy cds to drive to work until you get a new car yeah i'm i'm about to get rid of all my cds with the exception of maybe about a dozen are you getting rid of zyrica uh do i still have that cd should. Oh, that's that's hey. one you shouldn't get rid of. They should just release I it as four separate tracks on Spotify <laughs> that four people with iPods have to sit around <laughs> and like hit no. play at the same time. We, we need we need Cyrica. We need to use Cyrica to, to sync up our uh, <laughs> tracks. <laughs> I'll send each of you. <laughs> Trevor, I'm pretty no, no. sure I own a quarter or like half of Zyre of your Zyrica. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you your quarter, Cliff. Yeah. Which, I own which track do you want? Uh, do you want drums? Sure. <laughs> Um, okay, anyway, so yeah, for, for us at least, so I think like we, like we're a generation, we're kind of unique because we use CDs for half our lives, 
and then have seen, you know, and then we're one of the first internet generations, and we're kind of the first generation to just reject CDs, I think. Um, again, the only reason we have them is because we still have cars with CD players. Other than that, like, they, you know, my laptop doesn't even play CDs anymore. I have a CD player, like, in my closet somewhere, but it'd be a big pain in the ass to, like, you know, bring it out and play a CD. Um, so... In any case. So that's all I mean by relevance. And I think someday we'll know for sure when a big, you know, pop musician releases a song on digital, but not on CD. So. <laughs> but the question will be, will she release it on vinyl? Or he? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's going to be in like 15 years. Owen Pallet's going to be CD exclusive release. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So. Um, and then the next thing, I mean, we, we mentioned a lot already, but so vinyl versus digital. Um, I mean, they're not, they don't occupy the same <coughs> niche in a distribution model, I think. Well, but I think, I think in that case, it's actually Aaron's um, perception that's interesting because he is as much of a fan of music as any of us and, you know, has... Not completely, but you know, somewhat rejected vinyl in favor of digital. Maybe Aaron just doesn't get it. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I just think it's kind of dumb. It's, it's just that Aaron's kind of an herb. <laughs> well, so, so I, I guess questions though for that then would be like, so if we're looking for the deliberateness of vinyl when listening to music, can digital bring that back? You know. Um, is there a space for that to occupy your listening habits with digital music, or is it not for us? Just something that's I think I think for our you know, for our actually that important generation, we kind of came in right at the end of vinyl. Like vinyl was done, CDs were already the predominant distribution method, and then we saw that kind of die, and then. We're still in kind of the f we're still in the fallout of CDs sort of passing away, and we don't have really anything to look back to because I don't think many of us have eight track players. I don't know. I guess vinyl is the nearest option. It's the one that makes sense for us to sort of canonize the things that we listened to growing mm. up, which were still pretty proximal to them fading out of production is the predominant method of distribution. Does that make sense? I'm getting drunk on this IPA, so <laughs> maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe I, it I, <laughs> I'm not sure I followed you on that one. I'm sorry. It sounded very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Sam with his deep bass radio personality voice. <laughs> my, my beautiful drunk talk voice. Um, what was the question? Well, <laughs> so, so I, what I was asking is about digital, about is there, you know, so the way that we say that we enjoy vinyl is because of the deliberateness, you know, the fact that when you want to play music on vinyl, you have to, you're telling yourself, I'm playing music right now. I'm going to listen to these four songs. And then if I want to listen to more, I have to turn it over. You know, and the 
Quip's got two. Your double fist and Olympia's there. Yeah, one's the old can it, and one's the new can. Oh, I don't know if I'd call that double fisting. I guess. Cool. But um, so yeah, so so the deliberateness, you know, the twenty twenty five minutes of enjoyment, and then having to decide whether to continue, you know, like the, the silence is an advantage is kind of our point. Right. And so my my question is. Is that important at all, or is that just kind of us making up, you know, reasons that vinyl is important? And if it is important, is there a I, way that digital could create I, that? I kind of think that um, it's it's not really important, it like that important. It's just kind of um, you know, an intrinsic value that we're assigning to it. That like it doesn't really mean anything. I think, um, especially when you're looking at, like, how, you know, like, people our age or how people younger are engaging with digital music services, um, it can be just as interesting, just as engaging as anybody who talks about, like, the, the tactile qualities of vinyl and being able to uh, physically, like, interact with it. And, of course, it looks different. Like, we're, you know, like... With our experiences with vinyl, uh, we're talking about, you know, in most cases, we're talking about, you know, a, an entire album that you're listening down, like a collection of songs that are meant to be heard, like, from top to bottom. Um, I, I think as media has changed overall, not just with music, but, you know, when, when we're looking at TV and how how things have kind of, like, you know, everything's just gotten smaller. Like, like uh, TV series have gotten shorter, and y like they're, you know, like viewable, like all over the place, all over the internet. Music is kind of the same way. Um, you know, as it's been like noted with iTunes and their, their a la carte sales being, you know, accounting for the majority of digital sales. Um, people are just a lot more interested in looking at individual songs. And so, like, while some people, like maybe a vinyl enthusiast, would see it as kind of a nail in the coffin for, for music because we're not choosing to consume an entire album, I think that the way, like, that people are starting to put out releases is really innovative, just like the, the way that, like, people are promoting singles, um, the, the way, like, people are putting stuff out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud, uh, where, where it becomes engaging and it actually becomes a platform where people can interact, um, not just, you know, in any sort of local way, but, you know, just like you know, it opens the door for global interaction that way. Um, you know, I, I just I, I think that there there's a lot that can can be done. There's a lot to consume. Um, I'm a lot more excited about singles dropping and just like the, the ways that people are choosing to promote them and build hype. Uh, there, there's, you know, a, an album, a vinyl record, like, there, there's kind of only one way you can get it in the hands of somebody versus, like, you know, if, if you're trying to get somebody to hear a song, there are just countless ways to um, actually, you know, like, get that out and to get the word out and to get people excited about it. Right. And, and I definitely don't think any of us would argue that digital is the more important music format from here on out um you know like there's there's no way you're gonna get the masses you know to listen to vinyl like no the only way you, it makes sense you wouldn't really want that either 
Right. Well, which might be part of the uh, appeal for some of us. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the exclusivity. <laughs> <an> elitist. <laughs> uh, the, let me think, what was I going to say? Oh, so yeah, one, one interesting thing is that we, we are a generation that is used to albums. But as you said, Aaron, it's kind of changing now with releases not going through big label. I mean, there's still a lot of releases going through big labels, but like a lot of stuff being put up on Bandcamp. And instead of getting excited over an album, it's like getting excited over a new release uh, of just a single, you know, a couple songs or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like that. that's how like major label artists are being dropped and like being discovered and making their way into the public consciousness. Like, you know, like one example, if, if you look at Lord from last year, like, like she started out like, you know, just like most, I, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of major label acts right now. Like, like people are starting to feel it out on blogs, like putting out just like, you know, they, they put up one song on SoundCloud, they put up a picture, write up a little story and just like send it out. And so like these labels, instead of putting a lot of money into the production, it's it's cheaper for them and it's it's just a lot easier for them to, you know, just like kind of test the waters by putting out single after single. But as a consumer, that's just, I, I think it's like super interesting because if you hear one of those cuts and you fucking love it, like you, you see another one pop up, like it, it just like generates interest. You know, it's it's you know mm-hmm. like instead of throwing everything at you at once, um, you know, it, it just it kind of makes you want another taste of it. So um, then, for for one of us who you know buys vinyl, is there room in the future for more vinyl singles? Does that even make sense? I hope so. I mean, it's it's not very cost effective for an indie band, um, but like I. I prefer vinyl singles just, I mean, just based on my digital listening habits. Like, everything that I bought uh, really is probably more single-heavy. Like, all, all of my LPs have mostly been given to me. But I, I do, on occasion, go out and buy singles just because I, I think they're so cool, like, how you can mm. package them. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big singles fan as far as vinyl is concerned. I don't like putting on a record for four minutes and then having to do something else. Like, I don't, you know, I just, I don't really enjoy that. I, don't, I, I like having a set amount of time that's, you know, 20 minutes or so is enough to kind of just sit down and like really get into something. Uh, you know, three or four minutes, it's like pretty much over. And then I'm like, okay, well, I did that. Wow. What do I do? But, I mean, I, I do agree with the way that, you know, singles are sort of being distributed digitally, SoundCloud and all that. Like, I actively interact with that stuff, and I like it. Um, I don't, yeah. yeah but, I, I then, don't see, and then I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think we all use SoundCloud and Bandcamp to find new music, and I think, mo- you know, we spend most of our time finding music in these uh, digital services but I think once we find this single that we just absolutely love um, I think the hard part for us and maybe people our age is to assign some sort of meaning to it to tell you know maybe yourself or to other people that hey I love this track and I want to do something more than just to click the like, like button and then maybe you know, buying vinyl is a way for us to assign that meaning to say, you know, 
I, I love this track or I love this album and I love it so much that I'm willing to spend money on it. And so maybe you are, right, Aaron? I mean, you know, the, the intrinsic value doesn't really mean much when you buy vinyl, but I think the act of it, I mean, through that act, we're assigning that meaning. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's like listening to something on SoundCloud or Bandcamp is part of that, which means like you see something on SoundCloud, discover it that way, and then end up buying it on vinyl eventually after you have a relationship with it formed a relationship with the music or whatever and then you want to have that around it's sort of like using your i don't know consumerism as a method of communication for your taste in a way self-identity or whatever (laughs) hey this this track matches my personal brand so (laughs) i'm gonna buy it We need wearable vinyl. <laughs> a t-shirt where you can just slip a vinyl in the front. Well, that's <laughs> it's a record shirt. frame. You know that's, the that's basically uh, that's basically elite gymnastics ruined. <laughs> it, oh yeah. It was a complete brand. Yeah. See. Um, I actually hung well, out I, with a dude who was wearing a ruined shirt uh, last weekend. Was he cool? Did you hang out with him because he was wearing a ruined shirt? What? Did you hang out with him because he was wearing one? No, no, no. Okay. Well, that's you guys, cool. I have to go eat dinner in a second here. <laughs> I... Okay. As in, um, I need to go. You <laughs> fucking what? What? eat dinner at nine twenty? What is wrong with you? I have to. It's almost done. <laughs> well, it is done. You. Well, Sam, Sam could say goodbye, and we can see if we have anything Kay. else to say. Uh, what's the... Sam? When is loading on Friday? Oh, uh, we should start by six thirty. Six. I'll be there at six. Okay. Oh yeah. So cool. so Sam, we'll... you you should come out to Hollow Earth this Friday the eighteenth. Hollow okay. Earth Radio. It's gonna be good. So, so Sam, what do you have to rep? Oh yeah, we're having a show at Hollow Earth Radio in the Central District this Friday. Lures, Killer Ghost, Beach Dick, and the Beach Boy are all gonna be playing, and uh, Bass Tan from Night Train is gonna be doing a DJ set. Yay! Um, and and Sam, do you have any like? I don't know, email, Twitter, Tumblr, anything that if someone were listening to this, they could contact yeah. you? If someone is uh, listening to me talk and they're thinking to themselves, hey, I want some more of that, <laughs> I am uh, at Shut Up and Jam on Twitter. All one word. All right. Well, go eat dinner. Get out of here. Make sure your, your file recorded this time. I did. I can see the little wavy things. All right. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya. All right. So, uh, so yeah, I was going to bring up digital codes. Um, do they even make any sense? Well, no. let me be more specific. Digital codes included with vinyl to let you download the album on the vinyl. Do they make any sense? You can download the album onto the vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about that? A programmable vinyl. 
Anyway, digital I think codes. It, I think it's a good idea, but I'm not sure if it makes sense long term. Digital codes? It makes sense, you know, short term in the near future. Um, but I'm not sure how much it makes sense. Maybe, you know, a year or five years from now, we won't have to download music anymore, so... But I, I like it right now. Well, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and and set up Aaron to uh, slam me down. Uh, <laughs> I like digital downloads, uh, digital download codes. Uh, I hate the idea of being forced to buy music twice. So if I'm going to buy it on uh, you know a record on vinyl, then I like that they're giving me an easy way to get the file on my computer so I can put it on my phone or, you know, just put it on my computer and listen to it that way. Um, because I'm not going to pay for a digital download or a CD. So, you know, you might as well just give me the means. If I buy the music once, you might as well give me the means to listen to it in all the other ways that I want to. Uh, so, I like it. I think it's a good idea. Um, and I, you know, I get annoyed when I buy a record and I see that there is not a digital download code and I think they're being cheap. And yeah, I don't know. Aaron? See, I, I just like don't, I, I've never bought I mean, you know, you, you know how much I buy vinyl. I, I don't really buy it too much, but I do have opportunities to redeem the the codes that I get uh, from records or, you know, like a lot of times they're just given out. Like you don't even need the record to get them. But, but I can't say that I've ever redeemed any of these. Hey, like Cliff, have you, have you ever redeemed any of them? Maybe once. <laughs> see, see, so like you're saying you like the option. But, um, you know, like, you, you don't use them that much. Um, because I already, yeah, I would already yeah. have listened to it digitally to know that I like it. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so there's, like, <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's a little bit redundant. It's, it's really nice in theory, but I don't think it's really helping anyone else out. And so, you know, an anecdote that I gave last time is one of my friends who is running a record label, um... He was having a release show for one of his artists, and for you know, with with your admission, you are given um, a download code to to download the entire um, album for free. That you know, like that this he's putting out. Um, so so he uh, he had him printed out. He handed him out at the door. Uh, he handed out about two hundred, and at the end of the the day. Um, he had only, or not at the end of the day, but it, like when, when he had finally checked, only four people out of 200 had uh, redeemed the, the codes. And so I, I just don't think that that's, um, you know, too abnormal for anybody who's in a position where they're trying to include download codes with anything. Um, I know, like personally from experience, when I've, you know, I've done seven inches and tried to... Um, you know, like include download codes. It ends up being really costly because uh, you do have to pay for server space, or you know, you have to pay you know, for for somebody to host it. You have to actually physically print the the cards up, and it's 
it's costly. Uh, you know, it could be an extra two hundred dollars to your, your like your small batch uh, run of seven inches. And so for for an indie band who doesn't really have that much money to begin with, it's you know like knowing that nobody who's buying your like the vinyl will actually redeem the code. It's just kind of an unnecessary cost. And so like I'm I'm not saying in all circumstances it doesn't make sense, but I haven't come across a circumstance where it, it would really be beneficial for anybody. Yeah. Part of my assumption was basically that and it was, and I think it seems to me like this is something. Oh, well, part of my assumption was basically that the, the digital download code was costless, which apparently it's not. Although I guess for a bigger label, it probably approaches costlessness. If it's a pretty big run. The, um, well, yeah, for a bigger label, label definitely. But um, one, one thing I was going to mention is that this is something that I think when we were first buying vinyl, like personally when I was first buying vinyl, like around 2005, this seemed like something really great because it's like it's kind of hard to download music, you know, uh, online. And you're buying vinyl, but you want to keep it. You know, you're, you're starting to collect your iPod catalog or whatever. So you're like, yeah, it'd be really sweet if they had a code that would let you download it. So they finally got you to that a couple years later, but then it started getting so easy to download online. And now it's, uh, if you have a Spotify account, you know, it's, it really doesn't make any sense to redeem that code because you can go on Spotify and you can say, add to my library or whatever, way easier than you could insert this code in. Um, so I, I kind of think it was a temporary solution for people because, like Cliff said, I agree, uh, you shouldn't have to rebuy, you know, music that you quote-unquote own. Um, and so now that the concept of music purchasing is changing to kind of like a Netflix model where you buy a subscription and get unlimited music, you know, I just don't think it makes sense anymore to have I digital. Think one yeah. way that it might make more sense is if uh, is if you bought music digitally, then you could get say uh, a discount on buying it physically afterwards. Because there have definitely been times where an album was released, and you know you can buy it for like five dollar digital download. It's like okay, sure, I'll do that. But then it's like, uh, I'm not sure if I really want to do that because if I like it, I might just buy the vinyl later. I don't want to buy it twice. So maybe there, there's a model where you could buy music digitally and then have you know, the price of physical media reduced. I don't know. Right. Well, and that actually is, might be a good idea. Like if you buy enough digital albums through... Pat left. If you buy enough digital albums through um, like a certain label, maybe they'll start giving you coupons yeah. on vinyl purchases or something. And so, like, like I mean, like, well, I don't think there's very much utility in doing it now and having um, the the download cards now. Um, definitely, um, when people were. You know, in a place where they're starting to realize that their CD sales are being cut into um, by, you know, like torrenting or any other means of illegal downloading or people even being just like picked up by Pandora um, 
and kind of like sucked into the world of internet radio and they're seeing revenue go down. Um, it definitely was an easy way, I, I think, you know, a solution that I'm sure some would probably say it seemed like it could save the industry if you're, um, you know, including like the, the digital file along with um, like a physical copy. Um, so you wouldn't have to, um, you know, purchase it twice. It, it seemed like it would be a convenience and maybe kind of a value add, even though I'm not sure um, it really ended up working out like that. And so, like, like now it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you know, like pe people like 10 years ago were really like freaking out and scrambling trying to actually figure out um, a way to to keep the boat afloat, if you will. Right. Well, and, and I remember when when I was first buying vinyl, my favorite thing in the world was when a CD came with the vinyl. Oh. <laughs> yes. But but a CD, like, the, that's, like, kind of instant gratification uh, relative to uh, going and downloading, like, from, from your download card. You just yeah. had to, like, you know, you just put it in the fucking car CD player when you left the store. Yeah, well, well, and I, I just mean like it was something that those were both mediums that I was interested in at the time, you know, about 10 years ago. And so getting both was like a super win because like, sweet, I can play it when I'm out and I can play my vinyl when I'm in. But now, if it came with a CD, I wouldn't really care at all. Yeah, I found a, yeah, I just, you know. Uh, I found a, a Beach House CD, I think it is, that came with a vinyl I bought. It's just kind of sitting on uh, my bookshelf and I've never listened to it and uh, I don't even have any way to play CDs <laughs> now so yeah. exactly <laughs> Cliff did you uh, have one more thing you wanted to add uh, yeah it's kind of a sort of a different topic or subject a little bit though oh, so shit. it's I mean yeah it's kind of a, yeah, a tra big transition um but yeah, I think kind of like we've talked a little bit about sort of where things are going, uh, you know, with digital and physical media and something, you know, I kind of see that I think has happened already is sort of a paradigm shift where uh, paying for music is not really the norm. I think, you know, streaming is probably going to be the dominant model and i i suspect that it'll be free streaming is going to be what dominates um i think that's what people are going to be used to and they're not they're not going to want to pay for something that they've you know they're used now used to getting for free uh yeah. so i like i i'm just gonna jump in like i i don't think it'll be um free I think they'll be bundled with uh, services. I think like like Spotify will be part of your phone bill, or you know if if you're an Amazon Prime um, member, then you know you'll be getting like a free streaming service through that. And so you're not going to be paying for it directly, but there will be like other ways that you're billed. But but yeah, like uh, to a consumer, it's going to seem like you're not paying anything. And so yeah, you know I you know in kind of a roundabout way, I do totally agree with you there. Yeah, well, well, and, and that's what like Apple's buying Beats. I I can almost assure you when Apple so Apple is 
going to be five years too late, you know, to the party. But they're they're coming up with their own streaming service, right? Since they recently bought uh, Beats, and are going to fold that into iTunes most likely. Apple's not going to make you pay for that because they're they already get the money from the iPhone sales, right? You know. And so that, that's going to be their big their biggest selling point. My, that's my guess against Spotify is that, hey, you don't have to pay eight bucks a month. You know, you can uh, if you have an iPhone, you can just play it. Right. Even though you've already paid that cost up front to Apple, you know. Uh, Except for Apple's totally like fucking their hardware and like making it just totally undesirable for people, like not using <laughs> not not using like the. <laughs> Like, universal USB thing or, like, changing, like, you know, like, a standard, like, eighth-inch input for headphones, like, trying to find some new way to do it. Like, they're they're just, like, finding ways to alienate themselves. And so, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, for, for users, like, that's going to be the option. But, you know, I just think they're, you know, not really doing it right. Well, I was going to say, a- Apple hardware is a different conversation. But my, my, my point is that, they, I bet they aren't going to make you pay. And, and I think that you, people are going to see that and assume that you don't pay for music anymore, even though you do kind of behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with Cliff that that's probably going to be the norm. You know, even Spotify, um, I kind of wonder what the statistics are on people who own Spotify and don't pay versus people who do. I do not. Pay. Oh, I I used to know that. You know, I, like I wonder if it's a substantial portion of people, um, or a magnitude of people larger who don't pay versus those who do. Um, I think Aaron's the only person I know who pays for Spotify. Uh, Sam oh. used to, or I does. Do. Um, about twenty percent of their active user base is paying. So that's actually up quite okay. a. Well, I actually actually don't believe that. This is something from two years ago, and so that like they could be inflated numbers. Okay. But I mean, like hmm. I, it's you know it's it's definitely a minority. But I I say it would be totally reasonable to expect that it would be somewhere between five and twenty percent. Without mm-hmm. like knowing off the so top yeah. of my head. Well, and, and and that number is probably never going to get better. Instead, they're just going to get more users in general. You know. Um, like, I don't think if given the option of free versus paying, you're ever going to get 100% paying or anywhere close to that. And so, yeah, I, I think the norm is going to be people who are going to be used to not yeah. paying. So uh, kind of one of the points I thought was interesting about that, and it kind of ties back to the reasons we buy music, vinyl in particular, is that as consumers buying music kind of allows us a sense of ownership over that thing uh, where you don't get that with streaming. Uh, So there's sort of an intangible sense of, you know, I own this, Uh, you know, it allows me to identify with it, but there's also kind of a more practical sort of part of it where you control actually your access to it right so in the future with streaming media you don't necessarily have a permanent guarantee of access to particular songs or songs with of particular versions of that song right 
it's it, it allows the owner, the actual owner of that music, more control over how that is uh, experienced in the long run. So I think that that's so kind you, of interesting. Are you referring to like the like, the impermanence of online files and how they're easily taken down and put back up by the labels? Uh. Well, I mean, that could be part of it, but like, you know, if, if there's a record that you, well, I guess kind of like how I would think about a, a useful way of thinking about it is Netflix. Like very few of us are buying movies these days and, or we're buying very few movies and most of us have access to some sort of uh, streaming movie service or streaming TV service that we watch stuff through and, uh, whichever service it is that we pay for or use kind of determines what we actually have access to, which movies that we uh, view. So there's a lot of movies that it doesn't even occur to me to watch because they're not on Netflix. And I don't really think, oh, I'm going to go buy this or I'm going to go rent it, especially because there's not a lot of places where you could rent something that's particularly mm -hmm. rare. So, you know... Uh, a company like Netflix has tremendous power over what, what it is we watch. So I kind of envision that it could be similar with music. Right, yeah, my, my movie taste has definitely declined since Netflix. <laughs> well, and actually, Netflix is a good thing to bring up because the, your fears are realized in not owning a movie. Um, was it the Stars deal? when Netflix just suddenly lost all the Criterion movies, you know, so, so Netflix at one point had Criterion movies and then the next month didn't have any of them. And so if you're a fan of those kind of movies, Netflix is a, you know, that was a big loss for the service. Yeah. A anytime you lose licensing rights, um, whether it's a TV service or, you know, music service, um, you're definitely like jeopardizing your um, customer base. Uh, you know, if, if customers have been used to, um, you know, having access to a certain media uh, for for a certain amount of time, and you know, they have it taken away from them, especially if it's something that was driving them to the service to begin with. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely going to shake things up. But um, you know, I I think like y you just you kind of get used to it, um, or you know, the, the service collapses, and I'm, you know, not really exactly sure where I'm going with this, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a huge issue, like, w losing um, your, your licensing rights. Because, I mean, like, that that's that's why you're paying. I mean, that, that's why I've, like... You know, I don't, like, pay for Netflix anymore because, like, it's not good. Um, why I prefer Spotify over other services is just the amount of content that is available to me and... You know, like how reliably it seems like it's going to be there. Mm -hmm. Well, and and maybe maybe one concept they could pick it up, they could pick up to make things better is uh, you want you listen to something, and if you want it to stick around forever, you can click purchase and you can buy it at a reduced price or something. You know, so you're listening on Spotify, and it'll say, oh, if you want this to never disappear, you could always buy this album, you know, for five bucks or something. Uh, and it, it'll just stay on, like, you, you'll, you'll still be able to use it in the Spotify client. It'll just stay on here forever. 
even if we lose the licensing deal. Zune was actually like that. Yeah. Like that that model's been tried before. Um and and consumers just aren't interested in it like from from what I can tell. Uh you know, like if I I'd way rather and I'm sure like a lot of consumers that you know ended up um causing them to discontinue that sort of service. Um, you know, it's, it's something that sounds like a cool perk, but, like, just you're not really inclined to do it. Right. Yeah, and, and I can see it being hard to buy an album when you're already paying for a monthly subscription that's supposed to be a buffet. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I can, I can see why you wouldn't want to buy, to put extra money into it. I kind of just envision yeah. a world where Kanye West puts up puts out a song and then like completely pulls that version of it to change it and then like keeps on doing that and so you lose like permanent access <laughs> to that thing. It's 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 going to have his current girlfriend's name in it and whenever he like switches he's going to like change the name. <laughs> okay. Um are there any other Vinyl topics anyone wants to bring up? Really, I think I think that's it for me. Yeah, I, all I want to say is that I'm not I'm not sure that I'm ready to live in a world where um, we don't pay for good music. Uh-huh. Because I'm an American and I want to pay for things. You need your big cars and your large. And I need me a and I need my. Anyway. I'll say that there's something very nostalgic about buying music. It brings me back to middle school when a CD would be like two weeks worth of my allowance. So, you know, I'd go down buying a CD only knowing one song and uh, it sure as hell better be a good CD. And if it wasn't, I'd have to listen to it anyway. It was really crappy, but I don't know. I've got some nostalgia for that. Yeah, well, and, and I agree. There, there are certain emotions I only feel when listening to a song on vinyl. Um, and I, I think it's because of the deliberation, because it's hard to find 20 minutes to sit down and listen to a song, but when you go put on vinyl, you're kind of doing that because you're already focused on it, you know. You sit down like, I'm going to listen to this. Uh, so, anyway, let's move to the credits. So I'll start with you, Aaron. Is there anything you want to rep? Uh, show coming up, probably before this is published, uh, ho- at Hollow Earth Radio. Um, Beach Dick is doing an EP release show, um, headlined by Lures and Killer Ghost. Um, should be pretty cool. Sam is helping um, host it and putting putting that together, helping with some of the booking. Um, you know, he. He's a part of it too. Uh, coming up Friday, Hollow Earth Radio, July eighteenth. Uh, Friday, July July eighteenth. Yeah, okay. So if you're listening to this after July eighteenth, then it's it's still gonna over. happen. And hopefully you all had fun there. Uh, Cliff, how about you? Do you have anything to? Rep? Yeah, I'll just go ahead and uh, rep our Tumblr. It's Tumblr, 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 Tumblr dot Tumblr dot com. That's T-U-M-B-L-A-R times four dot Tumblr dot com. Okay. Uh, is there any way to contact us at Tumblr dot com? Tumblr 
times four tum dot tumblr dot yeah i think there's a way that you can ask questions to it uh we have an email but i forgot what it is okay so just go on that website look yeah. around check around email us maybe we'll try and get an email for this show if like we get more than two listeners yeah. over uh how, how about you pat anything you oh, want to rep man. i don't know um if you haven't seen the wire uh you should watch the wire I'm like uh, six years behind, but it's a pretty good show. <laughs> I, like, I, I like the idea of Pat doing something random, like just completely out of the blue every every episode. Uh, and I don't know. I don't have any emails or anything to wrap. I guess if you want to talk to me, go to Tumblr right now until we figure out a better solution. TumblrX4.tumblr. Canonize the things that we listened to growing up, which were still pretty proximal to them fading out of production is the predominant method of distribution. I'm getting drunk on this IPA, so maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I, I'm not sure I followed you on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs>